0: See that church behind me? It's a historic church in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's called the Borough of Churches. It's five boroughs in New York City, and only one, Brooklyn, is called the Borough of Churches. Historically, there's lots of his beautiful buildings like the church behind me. But now, that building is an empty shell. Oh, it has meetings, one service on Sunday, less than 20 people coming to it. That at one time in history, maybe 80, 90 years ago, that church was probably thriving. The Bible was being preached. People were coming to faith in Christ. Love and among the believers was just happening every Sunday and during the week. But now an empty shell of a building, because somewhere along the line, the Spirit of God, who brings the blessing of God, was grieved or quenched. And now, without the blessing of God... Even though downtown Brooklyn needs so much help, you have a beautiful building, kind of old and seedy now. You have it empty on Sundays. That's because church is impossible without the blessing and power of the Holy Spirit. For more than 30 years my wife and i have been preaching the gospel in downtown brooklyn and around the world and we've seen changed lives to the degree that you just wonder could this be possible jesus christ can change anyone and through the power of the holy spirit they become that new creation that god promised and of all the people i've seen god change at the top of that list one of them has to be a man i want you to meet his name is roma
1: let's just put it this way when kids grew up in the suburbs uh, they had doctors and lawyers to emulate I want to be like John's father who's a lawyer or a doctor well our experience and my experience in Holland was I wanted to be a gangster because that's what we saw we saw these gangsters riding down the streets in fancy cars with with beautiful women uh, and having this level of power and money and prestige that's what I wanted I started out at 13, paying off cops, crooked cops in the neighborhood. Uh, me and a friend of mine, we were selling, I, I was about 14, and we, had a, we were selling drugs in the school. I wasn't scared of the streets, but I was scared of my mom. I used to sit in front of my store in a beach chair, sniffing cocaine and drinking champagne in broad daylight. That's how nuts I was.
0: More than 100 years ago, Samuel Chadwick, a great Methodist preacher and leader in England, said a remarkable sentence that has impressed me a great deal. He said simply, Christianity is hopeless without the Holy Spirit. And what, of course, he was speaking about was the fact that while the Father sent the Son, the Son sent the Spirit. Now, the world is full of books about God, theological books, the study of God. And there are more books about Jesus than anyone who ever walked on planet Earth. But isn't it remarkable that there have been so few books written, I mean really scholarly works and analytical works, about the Holy Spirit, and yet he is God's only agent on planet Earth. The only experience we can have of God Almighty The only way we can have the work of Jesus Christ applied to our life and understand the person of Christ is through the work of the Holy Spirit. He is God's only agent on planet Earth. The Father sent the Son, the Son did His work, but then the Son returned, and now the Bible tells us is seated at the right hand of the Father. But before the Son left, He promised the disciples that He would send the Spirit, In fact, he said a remarkable thing in the Gospel of John. The disciples were getting full of anxiety and worry about the the, the rabbi's gonna leave us, our teacher is gonna leave us, Jesus will be no more uh, walking with us. And then Jesus said, it's better for you that I go because unless I go, the Holy Spirit won't be able to come. That was hard for them to understand and rejoice with. It's better for you... Better for us that Jesus leaves? How could that be? He's everything to us. He walks with us, He does miracles, He's our teacher. And yet He's saying it's better for us that He leave? Such is the work of the Holy Spirit that after Jesus accomplished the cross, sacrifice for our sins, shedding His blood that we might know pardon. Something was accomplished by the Holy Spirit that Jesus could not do while he was on planet Earth. He could teach only from the outside of their bodies. They could hear his voice, hear the inflection of his his words. But what he could never do was get inside of them where the real problem lies, where the real problem lies with all of us. The problem is within us. Out of the heart comes the issues of life. And Jesus said... I have been with you, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he will be in you. In fact, the Bible defines a Christian really as someone who believes in Christ to the point that he is born again, and now the Holy Spirit lives inside of him. Romans 8 tells us that if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. Now, the Spirit of Christ is just another way of saying the Holy Spirit. The, Jesus, the Savior, is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's not here on planet Earth. When the Bible says where two or three are gathered, Jesus is in the midst, it means Jesus via the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, so under preached, so under appreciated, so neglected by the Christian church today in the 21st century around the world, is God's only agent on planet Earth. It's the only way we can understand the Bible is through the Holy Spirit's teaching. The only way we have power and to change, see our change in our lives is through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm so happy we're beginning this study of the
1: person and work of the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm in the back of my store, and a young lady comes up to me, Christian, I mean, face of an angel. And she gives me a track. And she says to me, Jesus loves you. I ball the track up and I hit her in her face with it. And I tell her, get out of my store. I don't need God. I make my own bones. Church is for wimps. It's for cowards. I don't need God. I make my own money. I don't need God to make money for me. I don't need God. She walks out. Mind you, Two days or three days later, in my store, here's another young lady. She comes in, and she does the same thing. Well, I do the same thing. Get out of my store. But the amazing thing after that, I started to think about it. And what was so fascinating about those two young ladies is that when I hit them in their face with those tracks, all I saw was love. That blew my mind. Even when I disrespected them and cursed them out. I was enamored by that love, man. I said, Wait, I couldn't figure that out. My partner, who was a cocaine dealer, father was a preacher. His dad was a preacher. So one day he comes into my store, comes to the counter, and he says, Roma, God is calling you to preach the gospel. You're going to get saved. I looked at him and I says... No disrespect, but how can the devil's son get saved? I know a little scripture, and it says that the devil can't be redeemed. So I was literally calling myself the devil. And it was amazing. He said to me, you're going to become a Christian. You're going to be saved. God's going to use you in a mighty way, and you're going to preach the gospel.
0: I'm not so sure that the early apostles, if they were living today and came back to life, if they would recognize what we call Christianity. Uh, As we study the person and work of the Holy Spirit, we're not only got to remember that he's the most neglected member of the Trinity, but we have to remember that everything in the New Testament that we read about centers around his power, his energy, and his work. For example, the church did not begin when disciples were following Jesus. The church was born... When the Holy Spirit was sent down, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And now everything changes. This is so interesting when we study the life of Peter. Peter in the Gospels is a kind of fumbling disciple. Great promise, great potential, but always saying the wrong thing, misunderstanding Jesus. And he was part of those arguments even at the very last supper, before Christ went to Gethsemane and was arrested, he was part of that argument. Who's the greatest? No, I'm the greatest. No, I'm better than you. Just think how that grieved the heart of Jesus. They didn't get it. Now, did, Jesus, did Peter have a great teacher? Yes, the best, Jesus. Did he um, have the word of God being fed him? Yes, from the son of God did he have a great model and example that you know a lot of people say today you just need to have the right model he had the absolute best model he had Jesus Christ and what did it do for him no on the night that jesus was betrayed and arrested peter fled like everyone else but more in the courtyard on the night when jesus was being tried and held and beat and 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 asked a lot of uh, questions and And false witnesses brought in against him. That very night, Peter denied that he knew the Lord three times. Where was all that discipleship training? Where was all of that modeling that Jesus gave him? Why didn't it work? It's because no outward teaching can replace the inward power of the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, when Peter gets up to preach, wow, There's a new Peter. He's now filled with the Spirit. Jesus' promise and prophecy about the power of the Holy Spirit is coming true in Peter's life. He preaches with boldness, with power. As we follow him through uh, the book of Acts, we see him acting with wisdom, with courage. He's a different Peter. The very thing Jesus said was true. It's better for you that I go, because unless I go, the Holy Spirit won't come. I've been with you, but he will be in you. How we need a new day of emphasis of teaching, a new day of study of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. For remember, the Bible calls Christians the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the word used there is the word used not for the outer courts of the Old Testament temple, but for the inner sanctum, the place where there was a demonstration or a visible manifestation of the Shekinah glory of God. We Christians are inhabited by the Holy Spirit. This is what makes us different than anyone else on planet Earth. Uh, Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, the cults, other religions, unless uh, you are born again, then you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Everyone else is just trying to teach you their doctrinal persuasion. But Christians have been changed because they've been invaded by the Spirit of the living God.
1: I'm in my store, and there's an old, retired, well, old gangster in my store. And I said to him, wait a minute, I know somebody with that name in Harlem. And he said, yes, that's my son. About a month later, a black Mercedes pulls up to my store. And I'm thinking, what do they want with me? Because his son is a contract killer. That's what he does. I know him from Harlem. One day he pulls in front of my store. I see him, I go out, I jump into his car and I say, listen man, What do you want from me? And what he told me sent chills through me. He says, I know where you live. You got a cute little baby girl. Cute little girlfriend. You're doing about a million a year at this store. I'm impressed. No mob connection. It's all black owned. I'm impressed by that. He says, he he told me where my mother lived. He knew everything about me because that's what they do. When you're a hitter, when you put in work, you research your people. He said to me that we're going to create a hit team like Murder Incorporated back in the 30s. He said, but the only thing, Roma, we're going to be bigger than them. And he said, what I want you to do is I want you to recruit young men and we're going to train them to be contract killers. And he says, we're going to be rich. And he had his gun right on the side. So all of a sudden, all of those thoughts come back. The little girl's giving me the tracks. My partner's father saying, God is calling you to the ministry. And in my heart, I said to myself, I said, God, if you are real, I need you now. And when I said that, the power of God came into that car. All my fear was gone. I looked at him, and I pointed my finger at him, and I said, I don't want no part of you or your plan. And I said, besides, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. And when I said that, the atmosphere changed in the car. I got out of the car. I'm walking into my store but because I'm figuring he's going to shoot me because now he's revealed his plan. can't allow me to live because I'm not going to get down with him. When I went into the store and when I turned to look out the door, his car was gone. To this very day, I never saw him again.
0: One of the great problems about appreciating the Holy Spirit, learning more about Him, and pastors preaching more about Him, is there's almost like a prejudice now against the Holy Spirit. The body of Christ is divided into uh, one side, just stressing the Word of God and being afraid of this emotional fanaticism often linked to the Holy Spirit. Of course, that's been fed by another part of the body of Christ, which has wild excesses, Uh, unbiblical manifestations, things that don't edify, and if I may say, a lot of ministers who use and abuse the Holy Spirit to make money or self-aggrandize themselves. So the Holy Spirit is caught in the middle by people who say, I don't want to know about the Holy Spirit. I just want to go by the Word. But the Holy Spirit wrote the Word, and he speaks a lot about himself in the Word. And then other people who are abusing it and and stopping people from really experiencing the true Holy Spirit. One of the other problems is people have tried to make a Holy Spirit religion, where religion is centered around the work of the Holy Spirit. That's not Christianity. Christianity is centered on Christ. And Jesus, when he taught about the Holy Spirit in the book of John, he said that when he comes, he won't speak of himself. He's not ever going to draw attention to himself. What he's going to do is extol Christ put the spotlight on Jesus Christ, make the things of Christ real to us, and then have them apply to our heart. And that's all important uh, because let's think about Christianity. For a lot of folks, it's just the cross and no resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the problem why our churches are weak and too many of of us believers are walking in less than victory. When Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood, he took care of the past. The past is gone. All our sins are forgiven. Our iniquities, God has promised he will remember no more. But there's another problem. Even if you take out my past and wash it away and say everything you've ever done wrong is not only forgiven, but will never be remembered by God. It's forgotten. I still have another problem. How about today? How about today? tomorrow when the evil one comes to tempt me how am i going to reproduce the life of christ by my own self effort i can tell you right now there's nothing about jesus christ in jim symbol naturally speaking unless the holy spirit lives in me and produces christ like qualities i am hopeless i am the most unlike person to jesus christ i think in the whole universe but that's why jesus said he must come he has to come. I'm going to send him to you. The Father sent the Son. We know a lot about that. But the Son sent the Spirit. He's the one who empowers us, strengthens us against temptation. He's the one who teaches us how to pray, who makes the Word of God real to us when we, when we read it. Now, uh, the Bible tells us over and over again that, that this Holy Spirit is the one who makes the new covenant have power. Remember what the old covenant was, the Old Testament law? It was God's holiness displayed in what is called the Ten Words or the Ten Commandments of God. Were they accurate? Did they display God's holy nature? Yes. Did it help the people? No. The letter, even the letter carved on those stones given to Moses, they kill. Why? Because my sinful tendencies override my conscience, which says, that word is true. You need to live that way. Stop lying. Stop doing this. Start doing that. No, we don't have the power. We don't have the grace, shall we use that New Testament word, to be what God wants us to be. And the Lord says, that this new covenant is a born-again experience where not only are our sins forgiven, but the Spirit lives inside of us. And if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation, not by just the work of the cross, but by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in every single believer.
1: The scripture says, if God be for you, who can be against you? What can separate you? I immediately called my mother, and I told my mother, I said, Mom... I'm going to come to church. I said, Mom, I had an encounter just now that you won't believe. So I walk into the church, and I'm sitting in the back, and the usher says, did you want to come up? No, 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 no. Because I still think church wimps, you know, wimps go to church. I didn't want to see anybody see me go into the church. So I'm sitting there, and the preacher is preaching my life. You know what scripture says when a man, when the church is operating, the secrets of that man's heart is revealed, and he'll fall on his knees and says, surely the Lord is in this place. But well, that scripture came alive for me. So I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, how does this man know how I was living? And I said, when I said, my mother must have, I, I got caught. Because I said, man, only me and God knows this. It's God funneling this information to this guy. Anyway, as I'm sitting there, he makes an altar call. Now, there's no one beside me, not a single person. I'm sitting there, and a voice says into my ear, go. I, I go, whoa, where did I come from? I'm looking around. I said, wow, this is getting spooky. I said, wow. People came up to give their lives to the Lord. And the pastor says, for some reason, I can't go on. There's someone here God sent today. I don't know who you are, but I can't continue my message until you come. It's your last chance. And when he said it's your last chance, an invisible hand uh, I felt the hand it touched my shoulder and when that hand touched my shoulder I felt a love that I can't describe and the voice said again go and that was the Holy Ghost that was the Holy Spirit And when I walked down that aisle, I was saying to the Lord, God, do I have to give up my cigarettes? And he was saying to me, yes, I'll give you something better. Lord, I got to give up the cocaine. Yes, I'll give you something better. Lord, not the women. Yes, I'll give you something better. And when I went down to that altar and the pastor was going around praying for people, And when he got to me, I remember going down on my knees, and he had his hand on my knees, and he was saying the sinner's prayer. My life went into recall, and the Holy Spirit brought my mind to all of those dangerous times when I should have been killed. The Holy Spirit was saying, I delivered you from that. I saved you from that. It was me who kept them there. And the most chilling thing, there was two chilling things that the Holy Spirit said to me. The first one was not as severe as the last. The first one was this. And the Holy Spirit says, the very people that you were around wanted to kill you, and I kept them from killing you. And the last one was the most devastating. And the Holy Spirit says, if you would have not come, you would have been in hell. And when I said that sinner's prayer, I literally felt my sins being lifted from me. I remember jumping off that floor and leaping up. In, and at that time, my mother's wasted. She's in the choir stand. She's like, Oh God, thank you for saving my son. Oh Lord. And the ushers are fanning her. And they're doing all of this, right? When I jumped up, I said to the pastor, I feel so light. And the pastor said, Son, that's your sins. God has took them and threw them in the sea of forgetfulness, not to remember them no more. And my brothers, after that, for the last 27 years, I've been serving the Lord, and it's been a blessing. And the Lord has never, ever failed me once. Any failures that came in my life was when I refused to trust him and refused to trust the leading of the Holy Spirit.
0: Don't you think we need a return in all of our churches and in our own personal lives to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and believing that the power that's in his name, the power that's in the Holy Spirit who comes to live in every believer is stronger than any power of sin, any habit, no matter what it might be. We've lost hope. In the Holy Spirit, we've lost faith and confidence in the power of God. But Roma and so many others are trophies of God's grace and remind us that with God, nothing is impossible. So many people around the country are tired of the same old, same old, going to church, meetings, discussing doctrine, when churches are supposed to be Holy Ghost hospitals, where The name and gospel of Jesus Christ are proclaimed and where we see the power of God actually uh, operate on people, shall we say, so that they become the new creations that God promised. How is God going to be glorified if we don't see lives changed? Let's return to that simple formula of the early church. Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and believe in the power of the Holy Spirit.
2: Well, that was a, a great testimony that we heard there. I know that all of us have our own testimony. That's a great testimony that we heard there. When you were when you're listening to that testimony, what were some things that uh, maybe stood out to you, some things that were said uh, during, during this, this teaching here?
3: that sometimes because there the women w- one came with the track he he slapped her this then the second one but sometimes it doesn't it you won't get the answer on the first try so you just have to keep trying again.
1: It's good.
3: I think what stood out to me was when he was in the car with the drug dealer, I think it was, and um, honestly, because like our human self is like, yes, I want to do this because it's like a lot of money and I want this because I want to be rich and everything, but the Holy Spirit was like, no, this is not what you're supposed to be doing, and then when he said, nope, I'm following Jesus, not doing this, and walked off, he had faith, more, more faith that okay, God, if you're going to do this, I'm going to walk out of this car and he's not going to kill me because that's what he thought. He's like, oh, he's fixing to kill me and everything because he told me his plan and stuff. So that's what stood out to me.
2: Yeah, He had some guts, I guess you would say, the way we would call it. He had guts to step out of there, but it was because something happened in the car when he said, you know, if you're real, something's got to change right now. If you're real, you got to do this. And the two things he said at the end of the video there, remember he said that, one, that he kept, he, the Holy Spirit, kept those guys from killing him. And two, that he, if he had not come to church, that he would have ended up in hell. Holy Spirit has a lot of power like, like that. Some of the things that Jim, uh, Pastor Simla, Jim Simla there said, is the church badly needs the Holy Spirit. And I've been saying this for a while now, is that our churches are void of the Holy Spirit instead we have done what we have we have made our churches into an experience that is uh, music lights entertainment all that all of it can be good but all of it can be abused uh, or we've went the other route where we've taken the Holy Spirit and we've abused what he does in our lives and the manifestations of the spirit for our own gain as he was talking about Um. He talked about that, well, let's get into that a second. I want to read this scripture, John. It's not on there, John 14, 16 through 17. I don't think it's on there. And it says this, Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you will know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Remember what he said? Jesus could disciple. He could be on on the outside, and, and salvation comes from him dying on the cross. But it's the Holy Spirit living in you that changes you and makes you who you are in Jesus. We cannot go around acting one way if the Holy Spirit is in us. Because when the Holy Spirit is in us, he corrects us and he doesn't want us to live that way. But if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to live in us, then we won't feel that correction. And we won't correct because we're just going to continue to do things that we shouldn't be doing. Let me ask a question here. If someone was to ask you, if a seven-year-old was to ask you, what is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is a person. Who is the Holy Spirit? How would you explain to that seven-year-old what the Holy Spirit is?
3: Um, I've actually had a little bit of experience because someone has actually asked me that, a younger child or a younger person than me, and I gave it to them this way I said you know how God created us and everything well he's a spiritual being that God created he's not a human but he is a being and he is and when Jesus came down to earth that's what Jesus left for us to have so that it could be like a connection between God and us is the Holy Spirit he's kind of like the bridge and the holy spirit is someone who intercedes for you and also is there to help you through different situations and talk to you through things you know
2: let's jump on into the first scripture let's see here sax you want to read the first scripture First scripture is John 16,
4: 5 through 16. Right. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And no one, not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate the advocate won't come, if I don't go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father. And you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world is already being judged. There is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Uh, When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak in his own, but he will tell you what he what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, The Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me.
2: So he, here is something that's really interesting that we need to understand about Jesus speaking right here. The disciples didn't want him to leave because the disciples didn't understand what was really going on. They saw Jesus as this person who was going to come and was going to free them from Roman captivity because they were under the Roman rule at the time, okay? And so when Jesus says, I'm going to go away, and they didn't understand that that what he was talking about there. So it didn't make sense to them. But he says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. What did what did Pastor Symbolus say? We have so many people, oh, I just need the word. I need the word. I need the word. What about in the situations where you don't know what the word has to say about it? He will guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit does that inside of us. Now, he doesn't speak of his own. Remember, he speaks. he is here to glorify Christ. That's why when we see churches or ministers who... Who uh, abuse the Holy Spirit and what He's doing in people's lives for their own gain? Whatever is happening in somebody's life, whether they're speaking in tongues, whether the Holy Spirit they follow the power of the Spirit, prophecy, or whatever else it is, here's the deal: <laughs> it is about pointing people to Jesus, not pointing people to the person that was on the stage that was preaching, not the person uh, that's experiencing that in their life at that time. It's to glorify Jesus. And he says, He will glorify, he will glorify me. And all that belongs to the Father is Jesus. But he said um, the he said here that that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Things that Jesus didn't make known, the Spirit helps us to understand that. Okay? So I wanted it to, to 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 do that. So the the disciples were shocked at this point that Jesus would be leaving. What in the world? You're supposed to be leading this revolution, and now you're going to be leaving. But we want to find out why that was important. And, and it's what what Jim was saying there a minute ago is that we need the Holy Spirit inside of us. We need Him. And we don't need to be a church and a people that say we don't need the Holy Spirit or we're not going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. So let's go on to our next scripture here. Elise is next in line. So read John chapter 3, verses 5 through 8.
5: Jesus replied, I assure, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life. The Holy Spirit gives, gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows whatever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can explain how people are born
2: of the Spirit. All right. So in this scripture here, I got to get my scriptures over here because I don't have them in my hand. So he says that you got to be born of what? Huh? Water and and the Spirit. See, there's a lot of people who say, well, I've been baptized. Mm, There's more to it than being baptized. Matter of fact, uh. One of the girls was saying that they were talking to one of their friends, and the person said that they went to some conference retreat or whatever, and that there were a bunch of people baptized. That's how was it That was the only thing about the whole Christian youth conference that they, that they said that was positive. All right. There was nothing else about God moved in this person's life and that and this and that and that. It was they got baptized. Well, there's more to living our life than just being baptized in water because we have to be our our we have to be reborn of the spirit because our spirit is evil. When we baptize, baptism is showing people that we're that we're making a commitment to Christ. But I bet you know a bunch of people who've been baptized when they were kids and they ain't living for Jesus today, right? Because the Spirit, their Spirit didn't change. It didn't come into one with the Spirit of God. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, one of the things that we can do to help people understand, this is one of the things I need to say a minute ago, to help people understand who the Spirit is, is the Spirit is God. It doesn't have to be, you know, the the King James Version used the word Holy Ghost, and a lot of people are like, oh, Ghost, you know, oh, you know. But the Holy Spirit, notice it says Holy Spirit. We're not going to get into this, but there are other spirits in the Bible. But there is only one holy spirit. Only one can be holy. The Bible says only God can be holy, and he is the spirit of God. So we have to be born, born of the spirit. Now, it, re- it references the spirit here as wind. Now, we know that on the day of Pentecost, it was referenced wind too. There was a sound. Now, it didn't say there was wind that came through the building. There was a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. And here, here the, the, the scriptures says the wind blows wherever it wants. So it's, it's giving a reference to you don't know what the wind, where it's coming, where it's going, any, any of that, but you know it's there. When the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you know he's there. You can feel him. He's going to direct you. He's going to speak to you, just like he did this man right here when he came and he said, go, go to the altar, go. The Spirit of God was speaking to Roma in in that situation. says, you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit, just like you can't explain where does the wind come from and where does it go. We just know it's out there. We know it's coming from one place and the other. Now, re- remember what he says. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven without the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to say this because there is one thing I need to say. There are people out there that teach, like, the scriptures like this means that you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. That is not this reference, okay? That's not this reference. There's two total... There's an infeeling of the Holy Spirit, and there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit, all right? Just because somebody doesn't speak in tongues does not mean that they're not going to heaven, that they're not saved. You'll see that lived out in their life.
3: Okay, when you say that there's only one Spirit, I mean, there's many more spirits than the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit, it's like the holy, only Holy Spirit, Are you saying that there's more spirits that are good spirits, or just more spirits that are, you know, from the evil one?
2: Well, we ourselves have a spirit inside of us. Okay, when we die, our spirit will be with God. Okay, our bodies is going to go back into dirt, right? But we're going to be with God. So, so we're a spirit, but there are bad spirits. Okay, there, you know, we. It talks about in the Bible. We know people experience it. You know, Christy has experienced it in Africa, you know, working with, you know, fruits of the spirit.
6: Uh,
2: Say that again for us.
6: So when you're talking about spirit, when you're talking about God's spirit, you're talking about the fruits of the spirit, love and all those things. But when you talk about evil spirits, there's um, spirit of anger, jealousy, you know, That's what you mean by I can't name them all, but very demonic type spirits, right? Things that will make you do, you know, bad things. But but you have, you know, the spirit of peace, love, all those things are the spirit of of,
2: yeah, which comes from God. All those, all that's good comes from God. We know that. All right. So Titus chapter three verses five through seven. Did you want to read tonight? Uh, t- take the microphone there. Just put it up there so they can hear you. Titus chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. That, that one there.
5: He saved us not because of the righteousness. Wait,
2: wait. That's
5: right. Righteous things he, we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed us away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He what's a G word? Generously? generously poured, poured out the, the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight. And gave us confidence that we will Mm inherit
2: Inherit. eternal life. life. Okay, so we're not made righteous by what we've done, but we've been giving a new life and a new spirit, a new life through the Holy Spirit. So notice, salvation isn't just the cross. Salvation is the spirit that comes in us. He changes us. You know, people go, how'd that person stop doing X, Y, or Z? How'd that person stop cussing? How'd that person just give up smoking cigarettes? Or, you know, they were a drunk and, and they, they became sober and they, they've they never touched again. How do they do that? We've heard these stories all of our lives. Because when the Holy Spirit comes in, he is more powerful than even human uh, human desires, and, and we need to give up our human desires a lot of times. A lot of times, we, we'll get on people who, who do some other things, you know, oh, that person was a drug addict, but we don't talk about what we're struggling with, what we need to give up for to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit in <coughs> to do. Now, so the Holy Spirit comes in at, at salvation and fills us, and he changes our life. Romans 8, 5 through 6. Harmony, you ready to read?
5: Those who are domi- dominated by the sinful nature, think about it. about sinful things, about those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Think about things that ple- please the Spirit. So... Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life
2: and peace. We're, we're starting to learn some things here, how important the Spirit is in our life. He says here that letting the Spirit control you leads to life and peace. But not letting the Spirit control you leads to death. Without the Spirit, we don't have we don't have salvation. We don't have life. And we don't have it more abundant, as the scripture says that He's given us. But when we are when we don't have the Spirit, we are dominated by sin, our sinful nature, which thinks about sinful things. If you're having a problem thinking about sinful things, then you need to start asking yourself, am I allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through me in every aspect of my body and my mind? And are we being controlled by the Holy Spirit? Because if we do, then we're going to be thinking on things that please the Spirit, not on things that grieve the Spirit. Chloe, you had something?
3: Are there different levels of like, I don't know how to explain this or ask this, but like... When we have the Holy Spirit, um, but, like, sometimes people can literally hear the Spirit, like, talk to them and tell them things, but other people can't, or maybe they're just not listening, or um, some people, they ha- they speak in tongues, but others, they just feel the Holy Spirit, and they don't speak in tongues. Is that called different levels, or is just the, like...
2: Yeah, y- I mean... I don't know though you call it different levels. I would say that it's that that you're not in the place prepared for it yet. You're not in the place to be prepared for that yet. It's kind of like when you drive a car, and you, if you had a stick shift and you got first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, all right, first will get you a long ways, but it'll only get you so far because when you hit that tachometer to that certain point, you're either going to blow your engine or or do something because the rpms are going too fast, There's too many revolutions in there, but when we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to move the way he wants to, sometimes we just, all we have to do is be in first gear. But sometimes it increases to that second and that third and that fourth gear. I've prayed for people and not seen anything happen to them because, it, because maybe it was them, or maybe it just wasn't, that's what, the Holy Spirit wasn't moving that way right then and there. But then I've had other times where I lay hands on people, and man, things just boom, boom because it's time at that point. Now, a person who, a person like that, all they have to do is be even a partially receptive. And here's how I say that. If you think about Sacks' testimony, about how he came down to the altar because his mom wanted him to, but notice he was partially, even if it was minutely, he was partially available. And when he came down there, He may have been still saying, nothing's going to happen to me, nothing's going to happen to me. But the power of God in the prayers of a mother were not going to be stopped at that point. The gates of hell could not prevail against his attitude at that point. And he was touched by God. Just like this man, the the power of the prayers of Roma's mom were so strong and so filled with the Spirit that when he was in the car, and and not just them, but the ladies who, who gave the tracks... I'm sure they walked out praying for him. Lord, touch this man. He needs you, Jesus. And in the and, and his partner's dad, who says the Lord's going to put you in the ministry. And he's like, whatever, you silly goat. You know, whatever you you silly weirdo. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm on cocaine. I'm sleeping around with all kinds of women. And who knows what else he was doing? And he was he probably his his shop probably wasn't on the level. The, what he was doing, I'm not totally on the level. So. Different levels. You could say that, but I would just say different gears. But you don't want to stay stuck in first gear when you need to be in second. So you know I love NASCAR. I love NASCAR. So when they're in first gear, they take off, and then they jump, try to go to a different gear or they don't get out gear, but they maybe go to the wrong gear because that, that wasn't where you're supposed to be, and then it causes a bad accident. Because why? Because you go from first to third your car doesn't, can't can't go. Why? So we need to be receptive and listening to the Spirit. Sometimes the Spirit at the park is telling you, what? Pray for this person. Another time the Spirit is saying, just say hi to them. Let them know that you are praying for them. But at that moment, maybe it's not the right time to pray for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe, it, you know, your friend, maybe maybe at that moment God's saying, why don't you talk about this? And you, here's a reason why, because the Holy Spirit knows what's going on in that person's life and he's directing you on what to say. Yep. All right. John 14:26. Is that the scripture I read at the first there? John 14:26, Abigail. Second, page number
5: 3. <laughs> but when the Father so, sense the advocate as my representative that is the Holy Spirit he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told
2: you. Okay an advocate what does an advocate do? What does an advocate do? An
5: advocate speaks up from speaks up for themselves. In hard to or situations,
2: speaks up for the for the other person, All right? Mm-hmm. So you don't advocate. It's not that you're advocating for yourself, but if you have an advocate, they're speaking up for you. Mm-hmm. They're standing in in your place, like a lawyer does. A lawyer is an advocate. Yeah. All right. So they stand in they stand in that place. Good good response there. Great response. Say something
3: for the word advocate. It's almost like Jesus is the advocate for us and God. Um, Jesus is the advocate for God, or for us to speak to God. Is that, is that right? Did I say that?
2: Right. right? Well, G- Jesus, he is up there yeah. speaking to God for us, but the Holy Spirit is who we really, Jesus, remember, Jesus is a person, He, he can, he's He's in flesh, right? He can only be one place at a time, but the Spirit of God is everywhere at all times, okay? Spirit of God is everywhere at all times. So he, he speaks up for us. It says that the, the Holy Spirit will teach us everything and remind you everything that you've learned. You ever thought about that? You ever been in a situation where a scripture that you read one time all of a sudden comes back and you're able to quote it? You're like going, where would that come from? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did that. He gave that to you, and he, he reminds you at all times. The Holy Spirit is, should constantly be with us because he's giving us so much direction. And as we start this started this study, I still I talk about it a lot. But the whole situation with Sax getting in the vehicle with me and and driving him home that night from the airport as an Uber driver, Lyft driver because he's on Lyft actually, <laughs> but driving him home that night, and and both of us sensing something that was different about each other, that was not like the persons that he was riding with in the plane, and not like the the drunks that I was taking home from the bars earlier, right? We were sensing something different. That was the Holy Spirit. It was a different, going back to the spirits, it was a different spirit that was in the car, a different spirit. And we need to be prepared to feel. Sometimes we just can feel it. You, You get around somebody and you feel you go, wow, this feels, it feels good. That's why I like hanging out with sex. It feels good to hang out with other people who are Christians, who let the Spirit flow inside of them. Romans 8, 13 through 16. Let's see. Juanita, you want to read?
6: Romans eight uh, thirteen through sixteen, for if you live by it di- is, is dictates dictates, mm-hmm. you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For this spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children.
2: Okay, the word Abba, Father here, it's just a a term that just means your dad. Mm -hmm. Okay? Your dad. So, if the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the sinful nature through the power of the Spirit. What did I talk about just a minute ago? How do these people give this stuff up? By the power of the Spirit. He's the one who does it, not you. And you go, well, I just can't live right. That's because you're not letting the Spirit live inside of you, and the power of the Spirit change you. You You're not ready for it. That's what Anita said. You're not ready for it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Sachs said in his testimony a, a few weeks ago, He said he went home and got rid of all this junk. And why did he get rid of it? Nobody told him, go do this. He just knew this ain't right. It needs to go. And so he went and he got rid of it. Well, I was
6: just thinking about the spirit, just like the um, the video we were looking at, how the Holy Spirit... Even though he hadn't really activated it yet, because mm-hmm. he hadn't given his life to mm-hmm. Christ, what he did, what the Holy Spirit does do for us, without our realizing it at the time, He protects and He warns, and that's what He did for him. Yes. So when he was when he decided to bring uh, give his life to Christ, then He allowed him to lead in God. Yeah. So that's what the Holy Spirit does for us.
2: And if he hadn't listened, that's what it says: if you live by its dictates, you will die. So if you live mm-hmm. by by sin and you live by the 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 spirit of wickedness out there, you're going to die. But when you live through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. And that's what he did when he turned his back and he walked away from it that day. And this, this Spirit, you know, we could sing a song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of fear. We could sing that all day long. But unless we have the Spirit of God in us, we are still a slave to fear. And we need the Spirit of God in us to to take that fear away from us. We need the Spirit of God in us to lead us as His children, as His children, right? His Spirit joins, it says, with our spirit, and it affirms, it recognizes that we are the children of God. Now, our last scripture is in 2 Timothy 1, through 6-7. Tabitha? This is why I...
3: Remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, timidity, but of power, love, and self-disciple.
2: Self-discipline. So he, this, it's the spirit of God is, is what Juanita was saying earlier. When we talk about the spirits, the Spirit of God in us gives us these things. He gives us power, love, and self-discipline, meaning that we're not going to live against the Spirit if the Spirit is living inside of us. But remember this. He says, I want you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God has given you. Fan it into flames. How, how, you, know, you know what fanning it into flames means? When you put, you fan air onto the onto the coals, and it makes it go higher. As a matter of fact, we would, I've done this before, plug, you know, you're out camping, and you plug in your your fan and stick it up next to it, and all of a sudden you got this fire shooting up in the air because all the air. See, that's what he wants us to do when it comes to the Holy Spirit, is fan into the flames what the Holy Spirit is in our life. But many times we want to be quiet and not do anything. Uh, what have I said many times? We've we've got a lot of people sitting doing nothing because they're like, no, 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 because I'm not in this position or that position. I'm just going to sit and be quiet, or I'm scared to do that because what if God, what if, what if, what if. Instead, he says, don't do that. He says, fan it into flames. Let people see it. A, a, a fire that's been fanned into flames, people will see that, okay? Now, to end end get close to ending here. Question here. Pastor Sembla talked about a Holy Ghost hospital. A Holy Ghost hospital, Holy Spirit hospital. What is a Holy Spirit hospital? What When we say that the church is a Holy Spirit hospital, a Holy Spirit hospital in the church is that when people come in here, they're not just coming to a building. They're not just coming to a service. They're not just coming to a gathering, but they're coming to a place where no matter what is going on in their life, that it can be healed, it can be changed, their lives can be renewed by the power of God. Not that they'll just feel good because somebody gave a feel-good message, but because the Holy Spirit, even if the preacher never says a word, the Holy Spirit changes what's going on in their life. We want our church to be Holy Spirit Hospital. That's what we want it to be. We want that. We want that. Over the door, the spiritual door of this church. So every demon goes. I don't want to go in there. <laughs> I'm gonna get cast out. Every every evil spirit. I don't want to go in there. I'll get cast out. Why? Because it's a it's a place where the Holy Spirit's allowed to move and to change and to to uh, to see things happen in people's lives. Now, as we end this. Here's what we need to be praying this week. We need to be praying that to Jesus, thank thank him for sending the Holy Spirit to us. Thank the Spirit for the things he's done for us in the past and what he's doing in you now. Be specific. Be specific. Talk to him. Holy Spirit, thank you. Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Ask the Spirit to frequently remind you that he is at work in the world and ask Him what you might do to be His agent of love, grace, and healing. You know what an agent is? Anybody know what an agent is? You think of an insurance agent? What is an insurance agent? An ins- insurance agent, he he specializes in something, and he tells you what you need to do, and you do this, that, and the other, and if you buy this, then the, so on and so forth, right? That's who, the, who He needs to be. He needs us to be an agent of love, grace, and healing, but to who and where. Let the Holy Spirit tell you that. And pray that every person that attends unlimited church would yield themselves to the Holy Spirit's work inside of them in this coming week. Pray that this week. Say, God, everyone who attends unlimited church, Holy Spirit, let them yield themselves to your work inside of them. Let them do that. Don't let them be scared. Don't let them be concerned. Don't let them be worried. But let them do that in, inside of them. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and pray. Okay, let's pray tonight. Lord, we just want to give you glory and honor. Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to us. Thank you that you didn't just come down and then leave us, but you empowered us, and we saw that with Peter on the day of Pentecost. Jesus, we just worship you and we glorify you. Lord, I just pray that you will just, this week, that every one of us will be challenged to ask you for direction, to ask you how you want us to be an agent, to live out out your life in us to other people. Lord, that we would ask that. And Lord, I just pray that every person that attends our church will yield their lives to you. Will yield their lives to you, so that the power of the Holy Spirit can be most effective, and that this church will be a Holy Spirit hospital. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you for it. Amen. Now, on the back side here is a is a worksheet, and this worksheet is about Peter. I'd encourage you to do it. It's simple. You could take a couple of days. Take a a few each day and work through it and read through these scriptures. And it's just good learning for you, all right?